Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the grudge in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. So why am I reviewing The Grudge? Uh, Well, I think I did it for the first time in 2017, where I will do a review episode for the first film that comes out that I see for each year. Uh, This is now 2020, we're in a brand new year, and The Grudge is the first 2020 film that I saw. So, yeah, uh, it generally is the case that I end up seeing a horror movie for the first thing in the year because they always release a horror film right around this time, Uh, which is fine, I guess. Uh, There's a lot of award stuff still expanding at this point, so you end up with, you know, you need something, and and the best counter-programming to all that award stuff is, you guessed it, horror film. So we end up with stuff like the Grudge coming out, um, which is wonderful. Uh, I'm looking at last year's first review, and it looks like last year it was Escape Room. Um, this, which was much better. Uh, <laughs> uh, full disclosure: Escape Room is a much better film than The Grudge. So let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about this movie because that's what we're here to do. Uh, This is going to be a short episode, but I will do what I can. So first thing, The Grudge is not an original film. It is a remake of a previous American film uh, that was a remake of a foreign film. Uh, So Juon, The Judge, directed by Takashi Shimizu, was the original film. It is a Japanese film that I haven't seen, but it is on my list to watch at some point. And two years after Juwan, the judge, or the grudge, came out, we had a film also directed by Takashi Shimizu uh, made in America, made in English, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. I did see that one. It's garbage. That film spawned The Grudge 2 in 2006, The Grudge 3 in 2009, uh, neither of which have I seen. And uh, they're both apparently bad, if you believe the ratings on Letterboxd. The sequel, Grudge 2, had Sarah Michelle Gellar in it, uh, but the third film did not. So they were kind of uh, careening off the rails at that point. So for whatever reason, I, I cannot fathom, they decided to remake The Grudge in 2020. This one is directed by Nicholas Pesky, Pesci, Pesky, who's... Other film that I saw, one of the one of his other films that I've seen is Piercing, which came out in 2018. I also did not like that. I thought that was pretty bad. He also directed The Eyes of My Mother, which I haven't seen, but is supposedly much better. Um, I see comparisons being made to it uh, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and A Girl Walks Home at Night, which are fine to okay films. This one stars Andrea Riseborough, Damian Bashir, John Cho, Lynn Shay, Jackie Weaver, Betty Gilpin, William Sadler, Frankie Faison, and others. It has an enormous cast. Andrea Riseborough, 
who's been in a bunch of things, Birdman, Nocturnal Animals, The Death of Stalin, Oblivion, Battle of the Sexes, Mandy, and more. Damien Bashir, Oscar nominee, Damien Bashir from The Nun, The Heat, The Hateful Eight, Alien Covenant, uh, and more. John Cho, John Cho, Harold and Kumar. Lynn Shay, who apparently is in like every horror movie nowadays. She's in the Insidious franchise, the Ouija franchise. Um, I don't know, I, I feel like I see her all the time in these horror films. Uh, she was in A Nightmare on Elm Street. She's in Critters. Uh, it, it just, it's a lot. It's a lot. But, I mean, she's great at it. I think she's she's great for um, for horror. She does that really well. Jackie Weaver, uh, also Oscar-nominated uh, from uh, her from the film Animal Kingdom. She's been in Silver Linings Playbook and Bird Box and Widows and Stoker. And, and, and again, a uh, huge pedigree. Betty Gilpin from uh, the TV show Nurse Jackie, which I haven't seen, but also from the Netflix series uh, Glow, which is great, and she's great in it. She was in Stuber and Isn't It Romantic and A Dog's Journey, and so I think with the help of Glow, she's kind of becoming, you know, cast in things nowadays, which I'm glad about. I like Betty Gilpin. I, I you know, this cast is fantastic. William Sadler, Shawshank, The Green Mile, Die Hard 2, uh, Frankie Faison from Silence of the Lambs, Do the Right Thing, Hannibal, Coming to America, etc. Mississippi Burning. So, I won't say that like I had any hopes for this movie being any good, but the pieces are in place for it to be, you know, actually a competent film. Um, but then I think where it ends up being letting everybody down, and I think the reason why I don't like it particularly you have the writing. So it's based on Shimizu's original screenplay, uh, and it has been edited and and adjusted and updated and whatnot and and, and rewritten time and time again, uh, primarily by Nicholas Pesky, the writer and the director, uh, but also by Jeff Buller, B-U-H-L-E-R, who also did The Prodigy last year, which I don't like, he did Pet Cemetery last year, which I don't like. Uh, so that, again, if I had any hopes at all that this would have been a good movie, that would have given me a little bit of pause. Uh, but of course, the reviews themselves do nothing to, you know, bolster any hope whatsoever. So then I, so then I, so then I went and saw it. So I went and saw the film. It is a standard horror film. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see it with a large crowd, uh, which always helps me, at least, in horror films. I I like seeing it with other people. Uh, I like getting the, sort of, getting the vibe of whether or not people are enjoying the film, whether or not people are scared by it, or, or, you know, think it's funny, or what have you. Uh, And uh, my audience laughed a lot more than they screamed. And to be frank, I don't think anyone was like scared at all, ever. Uh, I am not a great horror film watcher, personally, and I was went, went through this fine. It's chock full of jump scares, and it, it just, it tries 
and I give it I give it points for this. It does try to approach the film with a, a very interesting narrative reconstruction, a, a very interesting timeline. So I don't I, again I haven't seen the original Grudge. I don't remember much about the first Grudge film that I saw, but suffice to say the film revolves around a house haunted by a vengeful ghost, and looks at multiple uh, instances of people becoming haunted by that ghost and interacting with it. Uh, This includes Damien Bashir's partner on the police force. It includes Betty Gilpin and John Cho, who are married and uh, have a kid. It includes Lynn Shea, who is married to Frankie Faison, and they live there at one point. It includes uh, Andrea Riseborough, who is a new member of the force and becomes the new partner of Damien Bashir. It includes Jackie Weaver, who goes over to help Lynn Shea and Frankie Faison when they are getting they're getting very old. Uh, William Sadler plays Damien Bashir's original partner, who interacts with the house. So all these people, at some point or another, uh, in, are in, involved with the house, interact with the house, or people who've been in the house and become plagued by visions, haunted uh, by these terrible um, images that that the the quote-unquote grudge is showing them. And I guess one of the things, and one of the problems I have is often these characters are presented with an image, like, for example, Betty Gilpin may be presented with an image of John Cho, and John Cho, the image of John Cho may do something, may, may perform an action, like, say, you know, shutting a door, and eventually we're, it's revealed that when he's not there at all, uh, that Betty Gilpin did all the things that we thought he was doing, essentially. And that doesn't make sense. It, it's, it's not... It's, it's essentially, you know, we're visually seeing this apparition perform murders and, and hauntings and, and surprises. And what's really happening is that the person that's being haunted is, is actually doing the thing. So if somebody's stabbed, the person is stabbing themselves. If somebody, you know, somebody is pushed off of a building, they are jumping off of the building. And I think... If you, you know, the the way the movie shows these moments, it pretends like, it again, pretends like the ghost is the, the grudge, the vengeful ghost is doing these things. <clears throat> and when we see that it's actually the people who've done them to themselves, it, it just, it, it changes, you know, it, it implies that the ghost can't do anything physically, but that it can cause other people to physically harm themselves, which... I think is very interesting. I think is more is scarier than the alternative. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of possibilities that can be mined from the idea that you know you are going to kill yourself and you can't stop it, as opposed to you know, like I, I guess, like I would have enjoyed if, say, um. I don't know, if a character believes they're being stabbed, but the truth is that they're stabbing themselves, I think it would have been more in line with what the movie is trying to do if, say, the character, the, the apparition uses the physical person 
to stab themselves, if that makes sense. So if, for example, uh, if Andrew Riseborough is is an apparition and, and she's shown stabbing Damien Bashir, not did not happen in the film, so that's not a spoiler. But if that were the case, uh, Damien Bashir having the is is having the vision. He's seeing the ghost, and the movie as it is shows Riseborough just stabbing him. That's how it would have happened. I would have preferred if it showed Riseborough grabbing Bashir's arm, putting a knife into his hand and making him stab himself. I think that makes more sense. I think it's easier to follow. And, and and it doesn't, you know, like obviously there's supernatural elements at play, but I think it's just, too, I think it's too far removed. And, and maybe I'm getting hung up on something very small, but that's, I don't know. I, I, I had a problem with it every time it happened. Every time they showed a death and then reverted back to what really happened. And I'm like, well, I get that it's not a, it's obviously not what we thought was happening, but I still don't I still don't like it. I still don't like it. The performances in the film are fine at best. Uh, Demon Bashir kind of grumbles and gravels his way through the movie. Uh, there are a lot of logistical choices that are very very strange. Uh, so John Cho is a, a real real estate agent. Uh, he and his wife Betty Gilpin are both real estate agents selling the aforementioned haunted house. And there's a new family. They have sold it already. There's a new family living there. They have their own daughter. And at one point in the movie, he arrives at the house to get them to sign some la- some of the last paperwork. Uh, the daughter is in the house, or at least he sees the daughter in the house. She lets him in, and her nose starts bleeding uncontrollably. And he ends up spending like hours and hours at this house waiting for the parents to come home. And it just, it, it feels so strange to me that he just believe, buys it. That he's just like, oh, she's here by herself. She doesn't talk for whatever reason. Her nose bleeds randomly. Um, I'm just going to fall asleep on the couch and uh, wake up in the middle of the night and uh, everything's cool. This is just uh, peachy keen. I've called the parents multiple times. They don't answer. Uh, you know, th- this all makes sense. I'm, I'm This is all fine. No need to call any authorities. No need to, you know, worry. No need to this, this, this. Uh, you know, I shouldn't come back. I shouldn't take the daughter. Bad. I think there's so many moments like that where just like, why would... How is this okay? Why does this matter? Why does this make sense? Why why is this happening? Who 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 wrote this? You know? And you have to take some liberties with a horror film, I think, in my opinion. Uh, not a ton, not all of them, but some, and this movie just, every scene is, you know, oh, this is, this is a thing that would never happen, oh, this is a thing that would never happen, uh, there's, uh, so Damien Bashir's partner, William Sadler, is obsessed with the house, he's obsessed with it, and he's obsessed with it while Lynn Shea and Frankie Faison are living there, Jackie Weaver, arrives and sees Sadler standing in the front yard in the rain staring at the house blank expression she calls out to him he doesn't respond she goes inside and tells Lin Shay and Frankie Faison and they're just like oh he's out there again and like we're just gonna call his partner and like hey your guy's here again and just like the way these people react to these in these situations as if they're the most mundane things in the world is mind-boggling 
and and that's kind of par for the course with horror movies, right? Like, why would you don't open the door when you you know know that there's killers out there? It it just always, and it's why I think it's why horror films uh, are so easy to make because there's, you can write them very poorly and quickly. But it's why it's also why so many of them are so so awful. And uh, you know, it does not. It wasn't a surprise to me that I did not enjoy this movie whatsoever. And uh, horror, the horror genre continues to be the lowest rated genre on my spreadsheet with an average rating of 43.73. I gave The Grudge a 10. Um, so if you compare that to, say, Escape Room, I gave that a 26. Again, it's not great, but there's a lot more to enjoy about Escape Room than there is about The Grudge. Just period. Um, hmm. The other problem, and uh, this deals with the ending, but I'll avoid spoilers for, you know, in case somebody still wants to see this. Uh, the ending, it does this thing, and horror movies, I think, are guilty of this, but they're not the only ones. Other movies are definitely guilty of this as well. Uh, it, it presents a resolution to the to the, to the dilemma, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of, of, say, like a Freddy and Jason, or Jason film, you have this guy, he kills all these people, and whoever your hero is in that movie, they figure out a way to stop them, and in this instance, the movie leads you to believe it's done, dust your hands off, move on, and then we get this sort of coda at the end, uh, you know, life is now fine, life is peaceful, and all of a sudden, we're shown that things may not be over, because every movie needs a sequel nowadays. Uh, every remake needs a sequel nowadays. You know, it's like a child's play where, oh, we killed all the Chucky dolls, but wait, there's one that didn't somehow get destroyed for whatever reason, even though we individually, you know, burned every single head in a fire. It's... You know, we dismembered Freddy until, you know, you know, we dismembered Jason and put scattered every single piece of his body in ev a different country. And then at the end of the movie, somehow he's back together again. You know, it, it just it's those kind of ridiculous things that. Again, like they make me unexcited to watch horror movies because so many of them don't care. It seems like they just they don't care at all. And uh, I think The Grudge is one of those. It does not care. It doesn't care if you care. It doesn't care uh, if, you know, about the performances. It doesn't care about the writing. It doesn't care about the way the film looks. Uh, it just it just wants to make a little bit of money to get back its very tiny budget and uh, maybe make a sequel if there's enough demand. Um, which, I mean, there's no demand, but I guess there's like, you know, people, if people are going to go see it, you know, uh, Whatever. Who am I to stop them? Suffice to say, uh, if 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 you want to, um, I don't know. If you did enjoy the film, more power to you. Uh, glad for you. Happy for you. Uh, hope if you want there to be a sequel, I hope there will be one for you. Uh, and if there is a sequel, uh, I'm sure I'll watch it. And I hope that there's a 
stacked cast in that movie too uh so that i can statistically punish the people who thought that it was a good idea to be in that movie um yeah again best thing i can say about the grudge is i like andrea riseborough best thing i can say about the movie i liked i liked her in it i thought she did an okay job but that's it's kind of it it's about it there's not much more to say um if you listen to this episode thank you uh i will say uh meg and i have recorded the first part of our marvel recap and i don't know when that episode's going to be put up uh for for the podcast but if you're a patreon uh subscriber you already have access to it because patreon subscribers get early access to everything you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film for as little as eight cents an episode you can find me on letterboxd at circle of film on twitter at circle of film you can find uh, more episodes of the podcast on itunes stitcher places where podcasts can be found or the website circle of film.com you can send me an email at circle of film at gmail.com or if you uh, don't want to become a patron that's totally fine you can support the show in other ways like it rate it review it subscribe to it tell somebody about it or just listen most important thing is listening thank you for listening if you're still there and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same night i know she'll never leave me even as she fades from Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.